today we're going to talk about manhood what it's like today as opposed to what it was like yesterday how culture is affecting what it means to be a man and how the church can get involved with shaping manhood and affecting culture uh this is a long one folks but it's a good one uh and toward the end it it really we really drive home some great points so stick around for the entire thing welcome to the truth response The Truth Response. Um, something that I wanted to bring up on the podcast um, was I just wanna I wanna say a quick prayer for the the tragedy that happened. I know this is coming out a week late um, with the elementary kids um, in Texas, um, so. I, I just wanted one of us to to say a quick prayer while we're while we're here. Just to take a moment for that. Um, it's a crazy situation uh, that they're in. 19 children um, were killed. Uh, so just in, in, in the midst of, of a lot of this dream talk, um, it's one of those things that the world is a, a crazy place. And it's getting messier and messier every day. I mean, you can look at politics and you can look at just anything you turn on the news you can go down to the the grocery store and just the world is becoming more and more messy um at least it feels that way um but so i I can i can pray uh for the families or whatever but um just want to take a moment and and really i don't know pray for for the families and friends and and people that were impacted in that community Mm -hmm. um but god just thank you so much for um the many blessings that you give us and the hope that you give us through tragedy and and through the things that that come that seem insurmountable and and the things that seem just absolutely horrible god and uh, just pray for the families and and the and the friends and the community um, that is that was struck with this specific tragedy, but um, even more so, all of the the mass shootings that have been happening in our country and 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 the politics um, being messy and and all of the just the horrible horrible things that that are coming out and coming to light and uh just happening in our in our country today god uh pray that that you guide the families give them give them some sort of of hope um shine your light to them god i pray that they can see and turn to you uh in the midst of uh a horrific um tragedy god and i just pray that you comfort them and and let them find some sort of of peace um, in the midst of a storm of chaos, God. Um, thank you so much for your grace and your love and your mercy um, that guides us and is renewed every day for us um, in in this crazy world that we live in 
and the the fact that you were willing to die for us and and give us that hope that that even in the midst of the chaos god that you are our anchor and that you you hold us steady god um something we have hope for in our future as well so we thank you for for being that hope we thank you for the love and the mercy and and just pray those things on on those families that were that were struck with horrid news god it's in your precious holy name we pray amen amen wow we uh prayed him away prayed him away (laughs) prayed him away so i don't know i don't know if i want to uh really okay so folks just so you know this thing is we're recording on the actual 25th so there's about a, a little less than a week delay um uh, to getting this through production, through editing, and then getting it out to you guys. So um, it may feel a little delayed on your side of it, and we get that. Uh, but I don't know if I really want to dive into anything that... that uh, I wasn't going to... Okay. I, I didn't want to talk about it necessarily. I just wanted to to take that moment for respect. Yeah, I know, I know, but there's a tendency, yeah. especially on my part, to go there. To go there yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I didn't, wanna, I didn't necessarily want to go there. Um, what what do you have for us? So today? I mean, um, a while back ago, and I'm talking like a while back ago, um, you guys had mentioned to me about um, a podcast called The Rise and Fall of Marcel. Yeah, are you familiar with that? Yeah, I listen to it. Okay, um, I'm not as familiar with it as I mean, I don't remember as much <laughs> as well as I, Nick does about it. I, I you know I kind of want to um, just. You know, because I'm about halfway through the podcast right okay. now, so I'm not all the way through it. And uh, so, for the folks out there listening, um, "Rise and Fall of Marks of Mars Hill" is basically a uh, multi-part podcast talks about the uh, rise and fall of this particular church, and uh, a they specifically focus on the pastor at that time was a guy named Mark Driscoll, um, who was very charismatic. Um, and um, ended up becoming, I'm at the part now where he's becoming very authoritarian. Mm. And uh, and there was, I guess, we're getting into a point where there has been, there was some secret sin going on. At least it is a leading to that from where I'm at in the, in the pod, in the, uh, in that particular podcast. And uh, we're getting into the latter stages of the church before it falls. Uh, but, some things that, you know, on the rise part of the rise and fall um, that he kept talking about, Mark Driscoll kept talking about, and I found myself agreeing with this guy, you know what I mean? Um, that there's a lot of softness in the church, yeah. you know, pastels and, you yeah. know, our worship music is all about, you know, uh, you know, obviously loving Jesus, but it's just... Too lovey-dovey. It's too, you know, it's it's like... Uh, there's some days I just I, I I I get when I'm especially if I'm playing it and I don't like the song, it's a struggle to get through. Um, but you know, we do it. But it just seems like, man, is this the reason why the church, as a whole, big C, right? Not necessarily us, because Rice, uh, Rice Christian Church uh, is growing, right? Um, but Big C, is this the reason that Big C is on a decline? 
you know, because according I have I don't have facts and figures, uh, but I I keep hearing about the church attendance and people attending church and people even believing in God at this point is on the decline. And is it because we as a church don't necessarily stand for what we believe in or we do stand but we're sure are quiet about it you Mm. know what i mean can you be quiet about it and stand for what we believe in i think you can i i i think think there's some things maybe no i mean like specific things but like uh, i don't agree with the ideology of you know like the whole you know witness to them with your actions right yes that's a part of it you should definitely your actions should speak for your christianity but at some point you have to mention jesus like you have to take a stand and 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 say something even in the hard things like with with you and me right say say we're doing life together and and you're making mistakes that i see at some point i need to make the stand and 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 call you out on it right and that's a hard thing like we can't we can't just be silent and live our lives like Jesus because Jesus was not silent. Right, but I but I think you can be silent. Yeah, I mean I, I can stand for something. Like in my in my in my convictions, I can I can be convicted about the uh, pick something. Um drinking. Drinking. Okay. Drinking's an easy one drinking. because it's not Against the Bible, but some people are convicted right. so, to not do it. So I can be convicted about drinking sure, and just keep my mouth shut about it. Sure. Okay. So there is some leeway to that. Topics. Like certain things, yes, right. I, I agree. But as far as Christianity as a whole, I think we are seeing, reaping the benefits of us being silent and just standing for, quote-unquote, standing for for what we believe or whatever. It's that being silent part is what has led us to this point. And in my, in my opinion, I, I have been listening to a lot of um, prominent Christian leaders who are still solid Christian people mm-hmm. um, who are starting to talk out, speak out against the, the deconstructionism and the, the progressive Christianity that is uh, prevailing in the church today, which is part of it. I mean, that's to me, that is part of the reason why um, there is a decline. It's because of people who are deconstructing from the faith, literally, you know, tearing apart what they believe and exiting. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that is the majority of people who are, are quote-unquote deconstructing. So... Which is the exit part of it? I know that that's not doesn't necessarily deal with the uh, people not joining or you know converting or however you want to say it. You know, following Jesus, uh, adding to the numbers, but that's a major thing we're seeing right now in the decline is places like Mars Hill, who rose to a place of prominence, and people placed their hope and their uh, Christianity in these things, their, their faith in, in the people, in the church, in um, more of what the church said 
than what the Bible does, you know, and then in Jesus himself. And then there's a giant fall, which knocks somebody off the pedestal that you had, you had placed on that pedestal. And it, it, all of a sudden your faith is a mess because that's what you had placed it in. And, and I mean, you know, even at, at this point where I'm at in the podcast, this guy starts to believe his own BS, you know what I mean? And, and, and bottom line, that's what it is. He put him, you know, he kept pumping himself up that, you know, he was a street brawler and, you know, he, he believes in this and he believes in that and he can, ha- he has visions and everything else. And he started to believe he's, you know, I'm at the point now where he's starting to believe his, uh, his own, I think st- he's getting high on his own supply. You know what I mean? <laughs> so my analysis of, 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 uh, that whole podcast, right? So I don't, I don't think there's any spoilers in what I'm going to say. Um, but well, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not going to be able to give like names or anything right. like that. But my my overall analysis is very simple, and it's that I think that he started out with a me focus, right? And I think that that is the problem. And maybe you and I talked about it, Mark, um, the other day with music. Maybe not. Um, but there is a lot of I focused or me focused. Uh, music. No, I think it was Will and I were talking about it. Um, but there's a lot of I focused and we focused, like me focused music out there. Um, I think that when you go into ministry without Christ as the center, period, going before you in everything that you do, and that He is the focus and that He is the one with the power and that He, it's all His glory, it's all Him, right? If we don't go into ministry or go into worship music or go into whatever we're doing with that at the center and the forefront, then it's it's bound to fail, mm-hmm. period. Um, as far as, I mean, our religion goes, right? Like as far as, as becoming a Christian or being a Christian, acting as a Christian goes, um, if we go into it with me-focused... It's 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 a mess, and I think that Mark's problem was that the entire time he was focused on me. I am going to do this. I am going to, you know, build the biggest church that has ever been built. You know, like or the number wise congregation that has ever. I am going to do this. I am going to. That's that's the common theme is that, and he does it by selling a, a decent decent sell, right? Like. Men, it's time to be men, right? Like, a lot of the things I agreed with what he was saying as far as, you know, you need to toughen up. You know, we we can't be weak because we're called to be leaders. We're called to be making those tough decisions and to be the head of our houses and to be the head of the church. And, and, well, Jesus is the head of the church, but, you know, to be leading leading the human human side of it, right? Um, but we're called to be these things and you can't do that whenever you know you don't take responsibility for your actions and you're you're sleeping around and you're um you know leaving your baby mama cuz you don't you feel like things don't work out or you don't you want to go be with this person or having kids outside of wedlock all of these things like that's not that's not being a man and so like he he's pushing all these things and i'm i was i was right with him too mm-hmm. but by the end of the podcast i realized that 
everything was centered on. I am going to do this. I am going to bring this to them. I am going to say this to them. It's been me, 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 I, I, I. And that is what led to his, his downfall. If he had started it with Jesus, period, right? Like, and he had gone into it, Jesus, period, and he was always stuck with the Jesus, period, and he had said all of those same things, I think the church would still be standing. So, um, you know, getting away from... And, and the other thing, and I'm going to say this. Say it. <laughs> so uh, the other thing that I have a problem with on the podcast is we're only really getting one side, right? You know, and we're getting snippets. You know, it, it feels a lot like... It feels a lot like a, um, almost like a, like a Ben Shapiro kind of deal where he takes pieces of commentary and plugs them in, you know, and I, I happen to like Ben Shapiro, but I think the guy is really good at spin too. Um, so, um, you know, and I feel like that podcast is taking the whole situation with Marshall and taking snippets. We don't hear the other side of it, right? Sure. But we don't hear Mark's side. There is just him on that side. And that's part of the reason I think that it, it's, it is kind of the truth. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I know I, it's closer to reality than than you would normally have having only one side. Right. Because of the way things went. Like, they interview a ton of people. Um, and I don't know if they have interviewed a ton of people, but at this point in the podcast. No, we, but we, it gets even more so into some of the knit and grit of, of a lot of that. And part of the reasons why they he wasn't necessarily on there. Um, but I think that that other side is primarily just Mark. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just Mark Driscoll. Um, I don't think there was a whole lot of people out of 50,000 that, or whatever it was, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like that, that are that other side. Right. If that makes sense. So, the other thing, uh, but, you know, as we, they were moving through the podcast, it just, it just, you know, and I found myself agreeing because they would take snippets of, of Mark preaching. Oh, yeah. And I found myself agreeing with this guy. Right. Like, you know, he's talking about weak men and how right. now uh, certainly I'm trying not to give too much away for anybody who wants to go and listen to this Oh, thing. give away because I, I think know? that you could still enjoy it yeah. knowing anything. So there was some stuff. methods that this guy used to try to basically, you know, get men in his congregation motivated you know locking them in the room for a day and just berating them all day long and it was you know it, it the more i listened to it it more sounded like boot camp than it did like a a men's retreat or, right. or, or something like that but man i just kept going you know this guy has got a point with men today and not even even getting out of the church how men are portrayed on on television um, in, in social media and that kind of thing. We're portrayed one of two ways. We're portrayed either as, you know, knuckle-dragging, you know, women haters and that kind toxic. of thing. Yeah, very toxic. Or we're portrayed as, you know, feminine or big goofballs, right? We're just right. like, duh, you know. Right. There isn't that strong, I don't... Ever, and if you're not, if you you're know, not either one of those categories... You're too feminine to be a man. You're too whatever. Right. Like, that's the other side of it is that if, you, if you're if you not a goofball or toxic, you're 
too much, too womanly. You're, yeah, yeah. You're and flighted. it's encouraged that you join their gender or right, whatever, right. you know. So uh, I think, you know, and maybe this is just, you know, a a small snippet of the entire problem we have with culture today is that we have we have lost sight or lost the definition of what a man truly is. You know what I mean? We don't have that anymore. Uh, you know, a man can be, you know, tough when he has to be, but caring to his wife, supportive of his wife, but still head of the household, but still, you know, uh, uh, able to support her if yeah. she's got something she wants to do, um, or, you know, if she wants to go outside the home and work, if she wants to stay home and, and, and be a housewife. You know, and that's the other thing that we, we, we have lost. We have lost... Not only what it means to be a man, I think we've lost what it means to be a woman. Well, they woman. can't define a woman in in our political system these that's, days. That's true. You know, they they and refuse. They refuse to define what a woman is in our political. Well, you know, they, yeah, they divert or you know whatever uh, the conversation. Um, and I I I agree that we have lost that definition. It's really a great. It's a great bridge for what we're talking about mm-hmm. in in the series that we're in right now with David, because David encompasses a lot of those things. He's a poet, right? Like guys that are poets, you're either great or you're looked at as weird. <laughs> like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like you're either, and even the greats are looked at as weird. You know? So I mean, and some of the things that he he talks about. Are, some of them are, are tough, you know, some of them are tough, but a lot of them are, like, intimate with, with God and his poems and his in the Psalms, um, which the poet side is what we're, Nick is going to be preaching on, or I guess if you're listening, has preached on um, Sunday. And so uh, that side of things, so what it means to be a man is more than what comes out on the outside right it's the it's the ability to you're right be soft when we need to be soft you know be able to have a loving in a soft embrace for our children when it and when it's needed but conversely to be that rod of discipline when they need it and to be able to be that but also to be able to fight that lion and bear with our with our bare hands whenever they come against our family and our friends, you know, like, um, all of that, right. It's about the heart in that mm-hmm. and, and where your heart is with, with that. I think that's what makes a man, a man. I don't know. I mean, genitalia obviously makes you male. Um, but it doesn't make you a man, but right. There's, you know, and I worry about, you know, Cove I worry about gen- Cove a lot. Well, I don't worry about Cove. <laughs> I do. I, I worry about him a lot. Cove, you're going to be all right. Don't you worry about it. But, oh. you know, his... Uh, don't you worry about a thing. That's right. Um, Got no worries. The... Sorry. I'm what, what quoting was that? a rap. <laughs> was that bussin'? It wasn't bussin'. Not when I said it, but the song is. <laughs> I think I don't know what bussin means. Mark Anyways, today. You're, you're worried bus- about I, his generation. Yeah, right? I'm worried. Like, I'm worried. I use bussin today, and I'm proud. Uh, <laughs> bussin and proud. I'm getting a T-shirt. We need to get away from this. This, 
this language is is crude and nobody wants to hear it. Oh, really? I don't know. Oh, I have no okay. idea. Okay. Shoo. No, he's lying. I thought I was going to have to do a bunch of editing. Um, <laughs> you may have to do that anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'm yeah. worried about, you know, I'm worried about these guys, right? The guys, you know, that are coming up coming up through high school getting ready to graduate getting ready to get out in the world you know i am genuinely genuinely concerned of how they're going to function in society you know because this is you know i mean we live in a cocoon here in america where you know uh, you know we don't have to worry about our neighboring country coming in to invade us um no, because we run all of them off of our property well, you know, <laughs> or off of the land. You know, We like, could have that conversation. <laughs> but um, We created seas on both sides. That's right. <laughs> that's right. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, th- those guys, I mean, you know, people that are, you know, especially in, the, like, in like Middle East and stuff, not that they have it right, but they have to be able to, I don't know. I don't know even know where I'm going because I'm just I'm concerned about these guys not being able to stand up. Well, for here's themselves. here's the thing. One of two things is going to happen. Either their generation is going to step up and they're going to be like, OK. The way we're headed is not working. And so we actually need to to step up a little bit more than what we're at or the generation after them. Are going to have to be created as tough men. Well, you they're have- going to be turned into that, right? Like, they're going to be turned into that because it's going to be hard times. Not their generation. Their generation is going to be alive for it. But the ones that it's going to majorly hit and that are going to have to step up are going to be that next generation that are going to be turned into tough men because of hard times. Yeah, because you had mentioned a while back ago about a circle of... Yeah, of, uh, uh, Hard times create tough men. Tough men create easy times. Easy times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. And the cycle continues. Yeah. So soft man. Softer. (laughs) I mean, not. It's not against you necessarily, but your generation. My generation. Your generation is softer. Um, I like to consider myself an exception, though. (laughs) (laughs) Consider as you will, but I mean, his parents' generation was going to war at your age. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, they were. I mean, I mean, they were. Not that they wanted to, but they did. And so, like, you, <laughs> you might start worrying because of the way our country, our, our world is going right now. Um, but realistically, your generation doesn't even have that as a blip on their radar in their mind because of his parents' generation. Yeah, my parent, my my father actually. Uh, moved out of his home city in Palermo, went to a French consulate in Egypt, and stayed there, and then immigrated to the United States through Ellis Island. Um, so, you know, hard times, he knew them. You know what I mean? He lost, he had nothing coming over here, and then, you know, built a family in a, in a, in a home and just worked his tail off. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't see that happening to you guys. You know what I mean? Um, I really don't even have see that happening to my kids, and they're in their, you know, like you know, they're coming into their mid to twenties to thirties. You know, um, 
it's just it's it's troublesome you know because when i'm um, when i'm hearing about you know when i listen to this guy uh, uh, mark talk about it i'm like man he's got the right idea the approach was all wrong right. um you know uh but the the idea the concept that we don't we don't preach that big c we don't preach that um and i just think well, our generations are getting toxic. small you know there's a lot of pushback because that's toxic but that's where the tr- men being a man is looked at as toxic we we've talked about this before when when lizzie was here um lizzie's on sabbatical that's why you haven't heard her last week or this week um she'll be back next week um but she mentioned before that one of the traits that she loves about me is also one of the hard traits that she struggles with about me and that's that ferociousness of what that side of a man is you know Mm -hmm. whenever something happens and that boom dad voice or whatnot you know that booming thing that sometimes becomes something kind of scary right that seems kind of scary because of the fact that we're different right that that's the same amount of ferocity that if you mess with my family i'm gonna take you out you know it's that same thing that is the protection that sometimes can seem scary but is not meant that way that causes us to be looked at as toxic yeah but it is but you know you i'm saying that the church that's why the church is afraid to try to instill manliness because of the fact that this is the first time that we've been able to be this cushy as as men in the world but don't you think that's where the church should make a stand I mean, this is where this is where uh, what I'm saying about sure. Driscoll is that he he you know again approached completely wrong, but he was trying to make a stand to say you know, men, you got to step up. Yeah. You have to this you know there's certain obligations that you have to do um, if you're going to even consider yourself to be a man. And if, you know he went on as uh, as far as uh, you know telling women. Um, there are certain obligations that you have to do right. in order to be really considered a woman in, within the church. Now, not all of those things that he said about women are, are good either. No. There's some no, things no, no. that he said that is that were, really not right. That was so, horrible. Um, they so were horrible. If, you're, if you listen to it or you go and listen through it, we are not advocating for everything that he says. But the concept of, you know, we need to be talking about what men are and what women are and—, and because I'm pushing and taking the stand for that. Yeah, and right, I, be, I agree. Because we've had this conversation before about um, God is a God of order, right? Things are put into place the same for a, a reason, and right. you know, it, you know, step one, step two, step three, and you can see that through creation, right? Right, the order in creation before the fall, before the fall, before the fall, right. right. You see that, but even afterwards, I mean, even no, after, no, but I, well, obviously afterwards, right. but I'm saying like a lot of people will say, well, you know, before the fall, we were supposed to be equals and on the same level and have the same jobs and the same responsibilities, men and women. Right. No, but, but before the fall, even there was an order to things, right? Like, that's why the sin fell on Adam is because he should have said, no, don't do yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that was the first sin. Everybody looks at 
taking that bite of that fruit being the first sin, but it wasn't. That first sin was him being idle and complacent when he was standing there watching his wife take a first. Well, bite. is there any any Bible to that? He was he was yeah. No, there is there yeah, is Bible. Well, Adam to was there and okay, all right, yeah, all right, yeah. So Which I mean, I didn't ever think of. I didn't think about that until a couple of years ago. Yeah. That the fact that it says that. And she took and gave it to her husband who was with her. Right. Um, okay. I see you. The with her part is he yeah. was standing there, you know, right. and just letting all this happen. Yep. And complacency is, 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 is absolutely, especially in that situation. Um, so uh, that's that's my take on, on the why. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people might try to argue that. And if you guys have a better reason or want to argue with me, Go ahead and email us at thetruthresponse at gmail.com. <laughs> don't forget, don't delay. Email today. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So so you guys are worried about my generation becoming soft men. No. No. We're worried that that there's going to be a fall <laughs> because your generation are soft. Then what are you going to do about it? Because yeah, that's as, great. Because as men... Right. right, you guys are men. My generation is not men yet. Right, we're still we're still youngins, you know. But that's not a good excuse either. Right. Okay, okay. I'm not. But, I'm no, not I understand not where you're excuse. going, but I just excuse. wanna I wanna make but, sure that that's out there because I mean, Paul and Timothy, dude, like we can go there. Don't right, right, look, right. let them look down on you because you're young. No, no, no. And you're I supposed understand to set that. the example, that. but however, because I'm young, I have less experience. Sure. Right, men in the church specifically have experience being godly men some some, some have experience do, right. being godly men um and young people don't have experience being godly men right so if the young people who are children of people who don't have experience being godly men are watching their fathers mm-hmm. act ungodly you know right being stupid being a deadbeat or um, just not doing his job, not <gasps> not taking over the authority that he's been given by God, right, over his family, letting things slide and, um, you know, being soft all the time. Um, how do you expect him, without the guidance, to become a man, right? And that's where that's no, yeah, where that's... that's where you guys need to step in because Dwayne Dwayne so... Stevens, who comes here. Um, he's been leading a uh, kingdom man study with a bunch of different groups um, with old and young guys. Right. Um, and just, it, I mean, I, I went through it with him and it was super helpful. And it kind of kind of put some ideas in my mind that I was worried about before. And um, I don't know, I did some did some praying on it and it was it was a, an awesome study um but then there's the men who went through that through that study with him who should now be going and leading that study with other people or studies like it with young men because the the young not men everybody's that, okay but not everybody's called in all fairness not everybody's called to to lead in that way right right to do to do studies and that sort of thing but in, in some that way. people but are. Some people are. You're absolutely right. I was going to say one of the things I think that we should do as as men of the church um, is 
not be soft on the young men of the church. I mean, be loving, but to be tougher on you guys. Like, for instance, part of the reason why a lot of times there's that talk that I have with the the guys groups whenever I help out with youth that is like, yo, respect. Like, you don't need to be talking because you're stealing somebody else's time. Mm-hmm. Like, I I was I was taught, and this was taught to me by my grandma, but it, it's a really, to me, I stand by it. And that is, you shape up or you ship out. I have no problem telling somebody, look, you need to be respectful and change your ways, or you can just stay home. I have no problem telling somebody that. Now, I think there's a context in which you shouldn't tell somebody that, right? Like, there's there's times that... But, man, I think that being tough has gone out the window, and I, we need to start start being tough. It's but, not it's not it's not attractive. It's not popular. But we've gone too far into the just love only. Right. So then uh, and I'm going to turn this around on on Cove here. Um at some point it is incumbent on a generation of people to break the cycle. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to to go out and educate yourself on certain things to break the cycle you know a lot of times when you talk about uh individuals who go over in and out of jail and and you know have divorced their their, have divorced their spouses and you know you see this generational thing that keeps spinning over and over and over again um at some point there has to be that one kid or that one person or that one generation that says enough i'm not doing this i'm not going to be part of that cycle anymore and i'm going to break it for the betterment of my children so yes us as adults do have a responsibility and biblically we do we have a responsibility to our children but the children also have the responsibility to say you know i've seen my parents go through this you know and i and i've noticed that my grandparents even though they're way you know, the later on in life, they're having the hard times in certain aspects of their life. Enough. Enough. I'm breaking the cycle here so when my children, when I have children, they're going to have a better future. So, uh, you know, I get that, but that's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So to tie in a little bit of, of the Psalms, and this is not David's Psalm, so it doesn't fit perfectly, right? But... Um, Psalm 112 says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of upright will be blessed. So I think that that's the first part of that completely sums up what it, what it means to be a man, and that's you fear the Lord, and you delight in his commandments, and you live that way. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. If you've got parents that are not following these these biblical rules, um, it is it's incumbent on somebody within the generations to say enough. You know, this is God's word, and we know that God's word is is truth. 
so I have to follow the truth, right? It's got to break somewhere. So, and Big C should be ready to fill in that gap. They need to be ready to fill in the gap. So when guys like Cove say enough, right? Enough. I'm not doing this again. I'm not going to live the life of my parents and my grandparents and those before me. The big C's got to be ready to jump in and say, you know what? You're right. Come here. You know, we're going we're gonna to figure this out together. Which is why I think that we're seeing men like uh, John Cooper, Vody Bauckham, that are stepping up and they are saying to their generation of people who are starting to lead big C astray, mm-hmm. enough. This is we're done with this this is not how you act and they're starting to call those guys out and i think that that is is that's how we're getting there right but one thing we've talked about before on this podcast is our sphere of influence is important to to remember as well that your influence is different than my influence is different than his influence is different than john cooper's and vody bacham's we have different circles of influence um and as it should be like that's you it's your job cove to show the guys around you as best you can what it looks to to be like a man of god mm-hmm. right like to be that biblical man it's that's your job mm-hmm. it's our job to set an example for them too but you you can only affect your sphere yeah. right so guys like um well like for instance, my group, right? I've got a group of guys that we we hold each other accountable. We dive into scripture together um, on a weekly basis, and and those those are my closest sphere of influence, right? My circle of guys, um, and so we're all sharpening each other, right? The the whole iron sharpens iron. It's very very much used for men's things, but it, there's a point to it, right? And that's that's men getting together with other men to to teach them how to be men to to help each other to be better men and i think that the link that's missing that you're not going to be able to fill is is you can't make somebody who doesn't know jesus step up and be a man you can't make anybody right but like if you don't know jesus a lot of times it ends up being falling on that to- toxic side, right? They don't have a, a a moral code necessarily that is is rooted in anything. I want to disagree with you. What can you root? What where do you get your moral code without without a god? Okay, so that's not. So, but that's okay, not what. But, you, but that's not right. What you no, said. okay, but right. But without a god, we we got to start there though. Like that's where we got to start is without a god. Mm-hmm. Where do you get your moral code? No, no, I, 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 that's again, that's not what you said. No, I know. I, uh, I'm saying we have to establish that part right. before we get to what I said. Right. So, no, I, I agree there, with you. There, you the, can't. Well, there has to be some sort of of measuring stick to get a moral code, right? Whether it's a, a god, whether it's you well, know, no, it, there has to. God is the really the only like legitimate way to have a moral code. Without God, there's no intelligent design. Therefore, all of the things that you are thinking now for those of are you at, random happenstances. So, so for those of you at home, I have 
I'm staring at the ceiling, <laughs> seeing if I can refute this argument. <laughs> Look it up on cross-examine.com. That's right. No, no it, it, just to be honest with you, I agree with. I, no, I, sure, I, sure. I, I, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, you can't, you, you, you cannot be good without God. Okay, it's not possible um, without a God, right? Okay. A Christian God, whatever. We can we can go down that rabbit hole a different day, but um, without a code of conduct outside of yourself and outside of but, the the order of created things so you you, you don't have one it's all random so Evo- let me ask you if this it's evolutionary then it just but is. let me ask you this what about those individuals who are who claim to be atheists okay? okay we don't know what their heart is sure but i had to if they claim say to me that they're atheists or they're uh, well agnostic means that they believe in a higher power but they're they not believe sure. in the possibility but don't under don't don't know. But they what, don't believe that you can know. That's so, what an agnostic but, uh, is. So an atheist, though, believes in believes no there higher... there is no God. Okay, what about those atheists that are decent people? Okay, cool. But where do they get their moral code from? God wrote it on their heart. That's the thing. Uh, That's the problem with, with the whole argument, is that for those of us who know God exists, we know that God wrote it within us. Mm-hmm. That's why there is a, a common moral code across men and women uh, generally. But if you remove the God piece, where did it come from? It's not socially, or else you can't say that Hitler did anything wrong. Because it's based on their own moral codes, right? So. I can't, you see, I'm having a hard time arguing with him about it because I agree with agree him. agree so. 100%. <laughs> I know. And that's why I said cross examined. Dot com. We, I mean, we don't need to go down the same path that they they go down. But they've they've had all these discussions. Right, and right. I watched a million different arguments with them, and and Frank Turk is is solid with a, and answers a lot of these hard questions. Why suffering? And and if God exists, why why is suffering in the world? And why did he you know tell Israel to kill people and all these different things? He goes down all of those paths, right? Um, and really, it's he says it better than I could ever say it, right? So, but it's that moral code that that you you can't you can't point to it, mm-hmm. right? And having Jesus allows us to have that. Hey, stop doing that in our lives. You know that that the Holy Spirit convicts us. We all of a sudden have something supernatural that comes alongside of us and teaches us that unlocks scripture for us. Right. That's why a lot of people who don't believe in God that don't have the Holy spirit, read the Bible and say, it's nonsense. But those of us who have the Holy spirit understand it's because the Holy spirit's what unlocks the knowledge and understanding of scripture for us. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So it's a mix. I mean, us guys got to stand up in our circles and and be more manly. It's a two-way street. And and be ready, like you said, Big C Church needs to be ready to stand right beside you, right? Uh, uh, Pillar has a song that's called Frontline. And Frontlines, Frontline. Anyways, it talks about how, like, if if, if you're not going to stand beside me, move you know we're gonna stand beside one another 
because we're not done fighting, but we, we have to be ready to stand beside each other. Um, as, as those who are called to make that bigger leap. Because the road ahead of the, for these guys, uh, f- you know, for, for guys in, in, in Cove's generation, um, you guys got to gotta have a long road to hoe. You know what I mean? It's, uh, uh, you just look around and, and it, it, there's a lot of craziness. What I see is a lot of craziness, and I don't see anything on the other side saying, okay, yeah, we, uh, we really shouldn't be going down here or down this road or down this particular path. Um, and until we get, um, you know, the quote unquote right side, uh, you know, running on all cylinders again. And I don't know if we'll ever do that, uh, but we got to have some pushback to what's going on. Uh, man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But you know what? I, I, I'm willing to bet <laughs> every generation before has said the same thing. Does that make sense? So my parents were probably going, "Holy cow, man! Look at this! Stuff. <laughs> look at look at March generation! It's it's uh, oh boy, are they going to be able to handle it? I don't it? think so. I mean, playing hacky set. Are they going to be yeah. able to handle it? <laughs> we're going back to hashish again. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. By that, by the way, that made the podcast. If you haven't listened, yeah. to it. I uh, <laughs> I think that every generations parents are worried about their kids but i don't necessarily think that when they say that it means the same thing because look at the look at the generation that got drafted into world war one their parents were like i'm worried about my kids because of the fact that they're going off to fight war you know well versus versus you're taking a very literal um, like no, I know, but what I'm saying is saying, like he's saying every every generation of parents worries that their kids are going to be soft or getting softer. Yeah, you know, right? I mean? But that's what I'm saying. I don't think so. I think that they worry about their their kids. But I mean, I don't think that the generation of parents that watch their kids go off to war were worried about them becoming soft. They were worried about not them dying, were, maybe. Not but, when they were leaving for war. But we're talking about. But what we're talking about like. I, I'm talking about guys your age, mm-hmm. 16, 17, 18. I mean, there were 16-year-olds that went into all those wars. Right, like, but, uh, you know, aside from aside from, from world conflict, right? Because we haven't had a world conflict since, you know, what, the late 40s. Right. You but know what I'm we, saying? There has been no world conflict. No, but there's only been, what, two to three generations since then? Right, but, but before look, that, the whole world would operated completely different than what we know today. Right, but um, what I'm saying is, is that okay? Aside from world conflict, because I get, I get where you're, you're going there. You're talking about since then. Since then. Since then, you're saying every every. So you think every generation has, has gotten been like has gotten a little bit softer, and the parents softer and, softer and the parents have been like, okay, man, I yeah, hope I they agree. can. I can hope. I they was can. thinking you meant like all time. But you're talking about like more recently, the last five, four generations. I don't know well, how many generations have passed uh, since then. But I can't speak for anything beyond, you know, 
what you've lived in. But beyond what I've lived in, I'm only making some assumptions here. Well, sure. Because I remember how my parents talked to me, you know, and it was just like, you're, back in my day, your generation is gonna have such a hard back time. Back in my you know. day, we were outside chewing on gravel. And exactly, you know, digging holes with our bare with our bare hands, and uh, you know, sowing the fields and yeah. and Look picking. At you guys playing with your fancy um, run hoop thing that you roll down the road and you run after with it. a stick. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Run hoop. The, the run hoop. The Mark, run. Mark, you had a run hoop. No, we had Run more hoop. than a, no. We did not have just a stick in a hoop. <laughs> you're like, oh, all we had was ham radio to my, talk to our friends. So on. my gen, you know, when I was coming up through high school, that's when computers were first starting to become. Personal computers were starting to become Oregon a Trail. Thing. I remember when I yeah, yeah, but they were like back in my day. I played Oregon Trail and always no. died of. Diphtheria. You soft dysentery. kids. Dysentery. You, you just get to so, restart no, from a checkpoint every, That's probably every so. time you die. My generation had Zork. My generation, you got three lives to beat the whole the game. The end of your generation had Zork. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the word, the text I know game. Zork. I know. I know right. No, that's, no, that came out. You know Zork because you a dork. <laughs> Boom. Right. That came out in what? That came out. When that came out, uh, computers were... Computer data. What was year on, are we talking? Uh, 1972. Mid, no, Zork was mid not 40s. around then. Mid 80s. Okay. Mid okay. 80s. So about 80, 83 yeah. so to 86. Technically, the beginning of my generation. Right. Right. That game or game similar to that. Okay. Came out on cassettes. Right. That went into a cassette player and had a data line coming out of the cassette player to right. the to the computer which you hooked up to your television. Wow. So, yeah. It was pretty awesome. So you would you would hit. You would hit play on this awesome. thing. <laughs> no, it was great. It's it was like laser discs. Exactly. They were dope. <laughs> we didn't have dope. Well, we had dope, but not in the sense that you're talking about. Um, cool beans. That was your. They generation. invented dope. No, we didn't invent dope. <laughs> generation before I did. <laughs> they didn't. You invent just smoked. It. It. So you'd hit play on this on this on this cassette player, and it wouldn't play. It would just sit there. Hmm. And then you'd load. You know, you would type in a command, load something or other, and then it would. It would just start going. It was like a small reel-to-reel deal. But huh. it was and if you cool. haven't played Zork, you should definitely find it and play it because it's kind of a cool little game. Yeah. Get a pen and paper or pencil and paper because you're going to need it. <laughs> you are facing north at a gate. What do you do? Right. Bash gate. Nothing happens. You know, it was just a text game. Mm-hmm. That's all it was was words on a screen. And it's really easy to die. Apparently. You died of dysentery. So anyway, how did we get on Zork? I don't remember. Softman. <laughs> Softman. Soft, oh, no, I was talking about how you Soft played with men. the hoop. And oh, oh, oh yeah, we were talking about... That's right. That's right. See, rabbit holes. Thing. So well, we were see, talking okay. About. Let's go back into video games, though, right? Three okay. lives so Zork, to beat the right? whole game. Zork, you had to have pencil and paper if you were really actually trying to play it. I, I believe that in order to successfully play that game, you had to have pencil and paper and write things down and, and take notes and which direction you go and all these different things, right? And then you fast forward to whenever I was playing like Nintendo, right? No saves. Mario. When you died, you died. Like if you spent six hours on a game and then died, you lost all of that six hours. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to the next group of people coming around where your save game, you save a game every 10 minutes because you can you and, have to save it though and you, you have, have to you have yeah. to take the effort you have right. to make the effort of finding a save point right that was a, that was the thing you found a save point right and if you died 
three steps before the save point, you went all the way back to the other one. And then the next group was there. You could you, save you it any save time. time, but yep. you had to do it yourself. Right. And then now it's auto save points, right? right? It automatically saves the game for you. And you can, you know, when you, if you die, you just go back to that point, which I think there's some p- appeal to some of those games that don't have that because there's a few that have been created without yeah, like that. Like the Dark Souls games? Like the Dark Souls games that I haven't played. Um, you should but I don't want to go back to that time when you can't save. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Soft just saying. men. Soft, soft men. Soft men. See? So there's even, even, even a, you can see it in the, the evolution of video games even. This idea of getting rid of hard work for. I don't know. What's, what's more cultural saving. than video games? Is there anything that you think could speak to the culture more than video games. I think that is a pretty good analogy that really talks to our culture. Video games? I think so. Well, I mean, look at Twitch. Streaming. I mean, not everybody plays video games. No, but, but people are making lots, money doing Lots it and now. lots of people. Yeah. Is it, there's people professional are gaming leagues. Right. Like, how well, crazy not is just that. that. Yeah. But people are making money from people watching them just play yeah. video games. My stupid kids would sit there and watch some <laughs> stupid guy play Minecraft of all games. Minecraft! Yeah. What the crap? I don't even know what Minecraft is. <laughs> Minecraft is a super cool, what is it, 8-bit? Yeah, it takes you it, all the way back like, to 8-bit. Wow. Like, don't you know it's how many 16? bits you yeah, get now? Right. And you want 8? It's 16-bit. It's not 8-bit. Okay. But it's it's a, a you can dig any block. You can tear up any block that is You basically there, build your own world. And you can create with said blocks. And you can make all kinds of stuff. And there's bad guys and stuff. And it's a it's a world building game. All right. No, I don't know it. Sounds like the same. It's actually really cool. Same thing along the same. Uh, Although you don't like save, when you die, you lose everything that was on your body, especially if you fall into lava. But just want to put that out there. Again. Sounds like Pitfall. 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 Yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, wasn't Pitfall on the Atari first? Actually, probably. I, think I don't so. know. Video game. It. It, it's a good. It's it's such a good, a good illustration of our of our culture, though, because I mean, you went through all of that, and and a lot of that comes down to the way we perceive reality, and now we are in this always on constant state of never lose, just always win, pressing forward, my game, my way, what I want when I want it, like that's the culture that we're in right now, and you see the fruit from that. Well, in, in video games, the the communities become very toxic mm-hmm. because of that sore loser mentality. Because mm-hmm. if you don't win, the other person is trash because you lost. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and that is, that is, I mean, it's a big deal. Like, there's games that people completely quit because of the community based around it, not the video game itself. Mm-hmm. So, But that, that goes back to what we talked about last week about you know not there not being consequences i think we talked about that last week we talked about that you know you could be totally faceless and there's no consequence to you bad mouthing or you know or that was no that wasn't here that wasn't here that was actually an article i I, I read that there was no there's no consequence kids are not facing consequences for their actions right now 
right? Well, they can, can they can they can trash somebody on 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 social media. They can trash somebody in a video game. Yeah, and there is no consequence. Back mm-hmm. in my day, you did that. You had to do it face to face, and then you dealt with the repercussions of a you know a fist in your face. Mm-hmm. So and there is yeah. there is not that anymore. Very it's rarely, like, um, no, because it's like in our world calls that toxic, mm-hmm. but yet they have a problem with the fact that there's toxicity in all of those forums, mm-hmm. right? Like in all of those different places, they have a problem with the cyberbullying, right? Of course, because cyberbullying is terrible, mm-hmm. but we've gotten rid of the consequences, right? the discipline and that because they thought it was toxic well but that that all ties back to um you know what i brought up in the beginning um is you know the so all right just to keep everybody in line here uh pastor nick had to run out for a meeting just came back in so i'm gonna get him up to speed and then we're gonna move forward Wow. 35 minutes. 35 minutes? <laughs> Going for a marathon. Go, go to the doctor. <laughs> the extra taco. You can that's, save this little ketchup issue. clip, too, and we can use that. Yeah. Ketchup. Anyways. Ketchup. Ketchup clip. Anyway. Um, so I've, I've been listening to Rise and Fall of Marcel. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that, yeah, that good, podcast, good. right? Yeah. And I'm about halfway through it. Mm-hmm. And what, what I was struggling with is that um, – so I'm at, the, just so you know where I'm at, I'm at the point where Mark is becoming very self-centered. Everything is starting to revolve around this guy. Um, I think there was always a bit of that coming all the way up to this point, but now it's really starting to be prevalent. Yeah. People are starting to notice it. It's pr- very prevalent in guys named Mark, specifically. Yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> it's Especially all ab- bass players. It's all about, yeah, because it is all about me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, you know, we're starting to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's become a very, he's becoming hugely authoritarian, mm-hmm. fired, you know, we're just beyond where he fired a bunch of elders, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And really some awful stuff he says about women. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, but just prior to that, and some of, you know, they they play snippets of his his his, his sermons and stuff. I found myself agreeing with a, right. a lot of it. Yeah, I, I was in that same spot too. You know, and it left me in kind of a state of like, hmm. It made me ask a lot of questions about my theology and what do I believe and do I, am I in the same camp? And they tried to draw a line down the middle of the story, right? But you know that there was definitely some bent on the other side, on the egalitarian views and women's roles in leadership and all those kind of things. It, It bent to a very liberal place. Um, and, and that's not saying that any of that is bad, but, there were a lot of times, a lot of those clips, I was like, wow, like, that is awesome. Like, that is right from the Bible. And mm-hmm. that is maybe maybe delivered with the rough edges still on it. But that was, a, that was a punch in the gut. And I walked away from the series, like, in and when they wrap up, they do talk about there were lives that were changed through that ministry. Like, inevitably, they were, even though it was toxic, even though it wasn't right. Like, and there were warning signs that we should all heed. But there were people who were baptized. There were people who, who are holding strong in their faith now. There are people who are church leaders in other places in the world, all because of that ministry. And it's like, all right, you don't ever want to like, you don't ever want to see that place where, where there's fallout and some people 
maybe lose their faith or step away from the faith. But the body of work, ultimately, I think that Mars Hill leaves behind is far more in the positive than it is in the negative. And, and that's not me giving any type of accolade to, um, you know, to, to their leadership and the, the way it presented itself. But sometimes our, our world has taken all the hard edges off of so many things and made it all about whatever you want and all the nice, cozy, fuzzy little things that make you feel comfortable that when you have a shot of, of truth and a punch to the gut that way, it, it wakes people up pretty quick. Mm. So and, go ahead. And, I was, and, and so uh, the conversation kind of went to, do we all oh, do we now are we in the middle of a generational cycle mm. of soft men mm. does do guys really now know how to be men and what does that look like now in mm. culture i mean is it way different from when i was growing up because my old man was tough mm-hmm. he was i mean now i don't he never really showed the um the you know he never really showed affection in front of us for for mom mm-hmm. you could tell it was there because their relationship was awesome and they used to have a lot of laughs and that kind of thing mm-hmm. but there wasn't that cozy huggy you know mm-hmm. we're gonna sit on the couch and eat popcorn and watch a movie kind of deal mm-hmm. right the old man was tough mm-hmm. you know um so now that i'm married and you know getting along in years <clears throat> I, when I was raising my kids, I wanted to still have that tough guy mentality, mm-hmm. but I also wanted to show my kids that, hey, you know what, you can be tough, but at times, you know, it's okay to sit with the, you know, sit with your, your wife on the couch and, you know, watch a chick flick and, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, just be husband and wife. Paint mm-hmm. your nails. Right. I think, but now we're getting to a point where we've gone too far you know, and even well, even the, even in the church, within the church, what I was talking about earlier, that the music, some of the music we play, man, is just like we don't have that hard music where it says, you know, go out and do things and mm-hmm. and win people. Mm-hmm. We're all about you know love and that kind of deal. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm doing my ministry in the motorcycle deal, I always tell my my people that we're the tip of the spear. We're mm-hmm. going into places that that you know. Some of us don't want to go, mm-hmm. so we have to harden up. Mm-hmm. And I think Big C, Big Church, is missing that, mm-hmm. you know. And that's yeah, where I found I agree. myself agreeing with Mark Driscoll. I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, right. I, I know this guy is awful, but right, kind of got a point, you know. Right, right, right. yeah, yeah. I I definitely agree with that. And one one little <coughs> caveat to what you said, talking about how I don't know, there's that feminization of 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 men basically that has occurred in our culture at every at every level um but there you were talking about marriage and the thing is that marriage just doesn't happen the way it used to now it's cohabitation primarily and and it's the norm and the accepted norm even in the church in a lot of ways is just like well i mean they had a kid together, they're living together, like, they're doing right by their kid, like, eh, is marriage really all that important? And it is, but it's been downplayed and, and beaten and abused in so many substantial ways that we've, we've, 
we've diluted the role of husband and wife because now it can be man and man and woman and woman, which completely does away with the 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 quote unquote gender roles, right? We don't even like to say words like gender roles because then all of a sudden we're from the patriarchy and the patriarchy is bad. However, if the patriarchy worked the way that God intended it to work, it would be healthy and life-giving. It just doesn't work that way because we're broken and sinful people. So I I I hate that kind of talk too, but all of this this cultural influence that has made its way into into the family and into uh, into our young people and into the church and into all of these places that you're meant to have a hard edge and 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 def- defined roles and defined aspects of what life is like kids crave structure and definition and when there's no structure and definition that's when you see all of the crazy that's happening in our world today. That's why you see an 18-year-old kid going up and shooting up in elementary school. And the crazy thing is, so somebody today posted a whole list of, uh, of school shootings that have happened um, in the last probably 20-ish years because Columbine was on the list, but it was towards the top. And that was what, 96? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, And there was only a couple that were listed before that. And it made me think of how that stuff has escalated. Hmm. It's escalating. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not it's not stabilized. It's escalating. And you see it's a bunch of kids, usually usually young guys, that are coming from a place where dad's disengaged or there's a divorce or um, they quote unquote cite mental health always. And and yet it's when I was eighteen, I was told by people by a person that I thought I loved and trusted, that I had mental health issues. And then I went to a counselor, and the counselor said, Nick, there's nothing wrong with you. You're 18. You're an idiot. Like, that's your deal. And I needed somebody to tell me that to be like, oh, okay. So I am a little bit confused on some things, and I don't really understand my place. And I'm asking all of these questions about who I am and what I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to be a man and you know, a father and, and these different things. And, and I've left it up to the culture to determine how I define those things and not, not really walk the line that I know was right and that was laid out before me. And so you see with the degradation of the family, you see the degradation of, of dads stepping in and doing their job. You see the, the degradation and uh, of just morality when it comes to what life is and when life starts and and all of those kind of things you see the the video games that we play that allow you to respawn in the exact place where you were with all the exact equipment that you wanted to have and there's no consequence for for you losing the game you see everybody getting a trophy you see all of these things happening in our culture you see no repercussions for being a keyboard gangsta right like you see all of these things happening and then we ask questions about why are these things happening and everybody says oh it's because there's too many guns and we need more gun control no you're not you're you're putting a band-aid on a severed limb if you're going to mm. say gun control is the issue like the issue is the heart of humanity that is fallen broken and sinful and you've done everything you possibly can to allow that fallen broken sinful heart to live and wallow and develop in a fallen and sinful and broken world 
Mm-hmm. You've taken away the authority of the church. The church is acting a fool. Sex scandal all over, right? SBC, latest one, right? Yeah, yeah, Let's add another one to the right. to the I didn't list, know that right? Was one, so. yep, yep, that one just emerged this past yeah. week. So SBC is in a big sex sex scandal controversy because the church has tried to to play judge, jury, and executioner and protect its leaders from really bad, harmful things. I promise you. And I pray that if that ever happens to me, like, number one, I will throw any of our elders under the bus. I will throw any of our leaders under the bus if I hear they're having sex with a 16-year-old. And if that ever happened on my side, send me to jail for life, please. Like, that is the hard line we've got to draw, and we've got to stop trying to protect people for no good reason, other than because of reputation. Like, Mm -hmm. that's it. Reputation. That ain't going to earn you a place in heaven. That ain't going to earn you eternity, right? That ain't going to earn you anything other than a little bit of false merit that you may that you may hold fast to on the, this plane for a little while. But reputation is so foolhardy to chase after when there is reality out there that we need to chase after instead. And uh, all right, I, like I'm on the soapbox. And well, that's rolling. all right. But, but it's just right. like, dude, there's, there's so much that's wrong with our world today. And instead of saying... Oh, all of your like gender theories is dumb. Like instead of like me- men marrying men and women marrying women, like oh, let's all accept all of this. And if you don't like, you're a homose- you're a homophobe, like, and you're a bigot, like all of that kind of stuff. Like, let's just stop pandering for one brief minute and and draw a line in reality and show you realize these relationships tend to lead into depression a lot faster. You realize this ideology tends to lead into places where you have less fulfillment and less gratification and less satisfaction in life than if you draw the hard line and and I don't want to say conform but accept who you are who how you were created like there is so much that even scientific research that backs up what marriage ought to be and how children develop better when there's a male and a female that are present and active and involved and engaged. And and there are defined, quote unquote, gender roles, even if mom does work outside of the house, like that's a that's OK. Like there are, those things are OK, too. But it's all about nurturing your kid and self-sacrifice. And and there is a morality question when we're murdering hundreds of thousands of babies every year and thinking that that's okay. Like, all of these things play into the fact of what's happening in our culture, and nobody wants to answer for those things. We instead want to pander to those things and try to get some little backing that backs up our radical ideology because, oh, this is a new emerging thing. Like, there is nothing new under the sun, right? Ecclesiastes got it right thousands of years ago, right? There is nothing new under the sun. So your stupid thing that you tried to come up with that isn't ever going to work, that you think is going to work and hasn't worked up to this point, it's not new and you're stupid. So stop thinking about that, right? Like, just get on board with how you were created and try to be the best you possible. You're not defined by your sexuality. You're not defined by your job or your career. You're not defined by even the family past that you have. You're not defined by your alcoholic father. You're not defined by the fact that you you don't have uh, two parents that are in the picture. You're not defined by any of those things. You're defined by the one whose image you bear. You're defined by God himself, by the creator of the universe. And we've forced him out of every place that helps people recognize who they are by seeing whose they are. Like there's it's a tragedy. Mm -hmm. That's the tragedy in all of it. Like, mm -mm, don't bring your Jesus into this school, but tell my son how he's supposed to be a girl. Like, that's a religion just like 
just like Christianity is. Yeah. Why do we not see that? Yeah. Because we 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 want to we want to justify not having Jesus in, in, involved in any of it. We we right. push God out, and now we That's have the enemy. And now we have to justify what we've done. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And this is what I was talking to you, uh, Cove, a little bit earlier. Somewhere along the line, that gen- that that general that cyclical thing that we got going here, somebody's going to have to break it, and that's where, you know, somebody in the generation has to take a stand, and that's where Big C comes in and fills in the gap. And and I like I don't know every generation of church leader has probably said this, but there we're at a tipping point. I really feel like we are at a tipping point as a culture and as a nation right now where. Either we are going to just fall into just complete disrepair, or we're going to have a revival. Right. One of those two things is going to happen. And I like I'm, man. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for the revival piece because it's like if this row thing gets turned over, is that beginning? Like, is that the beginning of this revival piece that's going to happen? Like, if if we as a church collectively can start to show the community around us the love of Jesus without beating people over the head with a Bible, like, is that going to start a revival? Because we're starting to see things like that happen here in Lehigh Acres. Like, it can happen, and we are not alone. Like, we are, we are, not, we are not Elijah in that moment. Or we might feel like we're Elijah in that moment, but there are many others that are doing really good positive, impactful work in our community as well. The thing is, it just gets overshadowed by all the junk that's happening as well. So I feel like, I mean, we obviously we need to wrap up soon, but I feel like coming off of this whole persecuted church thing we did a couple weeks ago, and um, it really... I'd never thought about it in terms of comparing numbers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, 340 to 360 million um, persecuted Christians in the world today, mm-hmm. and there's 320 million people in the United States. Like, we're talking about Christians in America. Mm-hmm. Those of us sitting around this table right now, we're talking about Christians in America. Mm-hmm. That is the Big C Church that we're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about Big C Church. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a minority of the church. Sure. Realistically speaking. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, think about it. Let's let's think about it in that perspective for just a moment. Like, there's more Christians that are persecuted, living for Christ, like Paul did today, than there are citizens of the United States of America mm-hmm. right now. Hmm. Yeah. So if we, as the Church of America, don't start living like we're persecuted, and I don't mean like victims, because that's not how the persecuted church lives, mm-hmm. but with the zealous love for Christ that they have to live for and live like, if we don't start living like that, this country might as well burn. Because it's not going to get turned It's not around. a might as well. It's an inevitable. It's not going to turn around. Right. That's what I'm yeah, saying. It's, yeah, that's either what it's going to be. I mean, the, are we at the tipping point? I don't know. I mean, we've certainly been on a, on a pretty harsh decline, I would say, in the better part of the last 20 years. Um, 
and what is is there reconciliation? I don't know. I mean, it does sound it does feel like that are a lot more spades are being called spades right now. Like it does feel like that we'll talk about America because that's our context right now. Like that there are more people in America who are waking up to a lot of more fundamental beliefs because they recognize all this other stuff is has led them to a place of just utter dissatisfaction and unfulfillment in ways they never thought possible. And I've tried all these other things and the stories you don't hear are about people who have gone through gender reassignment surgery only to realize a decade later that, wow, why did I do this? Like I was, I was created the right way and I have just completely butchered myself because of it. And they have deep remorse for it, but you don't hear those stories. Like, I mean, and that is just one of the cultural elements that you don't, you don't hear about because you've got a bunch of people on the other side that are grandstanding and you can't, I mean, I'll, I'll chalk it up. I'll, I'll say it's just spiritual warfare. The devil knows where he can gain a foothold and he is, and he will gain that foothold in the lives of any person who allows him in. It's not just a foothold though. It's a stranglehold. I was going to say, this is, this is like, we're losing this fight. I know we win in the end, right? Mm -hmm. Like I get that, Mm -hmm. but Americans are losing this fight, right? It's, Why? Because winning. we've become too we're, soft we're and squishy, and we have to put ourselves in in a position of self denial. We've lost the art of fasting. We've lost the art of delayed gratification. We've we've lost the art of of waiting. We've lost the art of being slow to speech and slow to become angry and quick to listen. We've lost all of those things. And I don't, is it getting better? I don't know. Um, but what we can control is whatever's in our sphere of influence. And we need to be the model for the people around us. And we know the Bible even says, like, be such a good steward of things. Like, be so righteous in your dealings with other people that they can't even say a bad word about you. That's what we need to do. We just need to be so righteous in the works that we do and fighting our flesh and fighting the temptation of, of a fallen, broken culture that even the harshest critics can only look at us and be like, well, I don't know. I can't even say anything about you right now. And our church, the church, has become lackadaisical, lazy in that perspective, more about building its buildings than about building God's kingdom. And I, I don't want to say we, we've gotten it right, because I don't think we have yet, um, but we're moving in the right direction. And it all comes down to every one of us. We have to make that decision for ourselves. Serve this day whom you will serve, or choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. So we've got, to, we've got to remind ourselves of that. And we collectively have to remind other people who are waving the banner of Christ of that as well. Because there are a lot of people who are doing it for all the wrong reasons. And church accountability and church discipline needs to be a real thing.
And if people are doing really bad things, they need to be called out and they need to go to jail for it. At the very least. Yep. Absolutely. So, I don't know, what an adventure. Yeah. I wasn't here for most of it. But I filled, uh, I filled the cup regardless because I got in a lot of words in a really short amount of time. <laughs> so, you're welcome. <laughs> but, Folks, uh, do you, well, oh, I'm go sorry. ahead. All right. Folks, do you, if, you, if you've got comments, if you've got questions, um, if you just want to know more, please reach out to us at thetruthresponse at gmail.com. Thetruthresponse at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to hear more from Pastor Nick, um, we are now doing a podcast called Rise on Sunday, where you will hear Nick doing his thing, uh, bringing God's word to our, our congregation. We would love for you to, to check that out. And, uh, and, you know, and if you're local here or even if you're online, come be part of our service. Uh, check us out, uh, Rise Christian Church on Facebook, on YouTube. We live stream our services. Uh, lots of different ways to get lots of information and to check us out. Uh, We look forward to doing this again next week, and uh, God bless. Hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on iTunes and Spotify so that you will never miss a show. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages, and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth, because we are all about the truth here. Thanks for joining us this week, and God bless.